my goal is to put a stone in somebody's shoe. Hmm. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm all I'm trying to do is get people to think maybe in a different way about something like a stone in your shoe is an annoyance. Like it's something that you feel, but it doesn't kill you. It's something that you, that, that, that annoys you kind of got to get it out. Well, I want my ideas, so my questions to serve as some, a stone in somebody's mind, something that they walk away limping a little bit in a good way. You know, thinking about it, something to chew on, something that they're like, oh, wait a second, I've never thought of that. How do we put a stone in someone's shoe? And what does that even mean? You know, the Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Apologetics is simply making a defense for our faith. In other words, For example, how do we know there is a God? Well, there is evidence for him, isn't there? His marvelous, intricate creation is one proof, but there are other evidences as well. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second of four podcasts featuring apologist Jonathan Noyes, who is with the ministry Stand to Reason. You can learn more about John and apologetics at str.org. We start today by asking John about the role of apologetics when it comes to making disciples. I can't overstate the importance of the use of apologetics. And when I say apologetics, let's just be clear. Having an understanding as to why we believe what we believe is actually true in an objective sense, not subjective, meaning it's true for all people. Um, if you're going to uh, if if you're going to believe something, uh, you should you should hold it as true, right? I don't want to. I don't like being lied to. I don't want to live a false reality. And if the Christian worldview is true, there's implications to that. Hmm. So as we seek to make disciples, right? Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize. We forget that we we say that a lot, right? Of all the nations, go out and baptize. But we forget the second two parts, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then what? teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Yeah. So uh, we should use apologetics to bolster our faith, not just to to understand what we believe, but to actually understand why we believe it. And, uh, and that's what we should, that, that should be our foundation as we make disciples. That should be our foundation as we seek to evangelize. I feel like oftentimes, and this might be a question that you want to get to, I don't know, but oftentimes the church has come to, I, I, I think today the church has kind of come to see apologetics as almost an in-house endeavor where it's like something that we can study you and me uh, to, to kind of, oh, well, okay, good. What I believe is true and I can prove it. But what we do is we miss the step. We, we let it rest as mental ascent, kind of almost like a comforter to comfort us. Like, so we, we we're comforted by apologetics, but we miss the step. Wait, this is actually to make a defense for our worldview to people who don't share our worldview. Mm-hmm. And that's inherent in that. That's, that's what the uh, first Peter three fifteen, mm-hmm. right? That's a famous apologetics verse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, offer a defense and apologia uh, for the reasons that you believe to have the hope within you. Right. So entailed in that passage, it's not an inner uh, Christian passage, right? Entailed in that passage is the idea that there's an onlooking world viewing kind of the Christian community going to you and saying, can you please tell me why you believe what you believe? Because mm. this is incredible. Mm. You know? And then you couple that with the profound 
nature of the Christian message, uh, it's we we have to share it. Yeah, you know, and and also today, then couple it with the current state of the culture, you know, there, there's no such thing as a simple gospel anymore. Mm. You know, it, it it ain't that simple. You know, and and so people have a lot of questions. A lot of times, the questions aren't what they used to be. You know, that we're not. I, I don't share the Kalam cosmological argument for the existence of God really much when I'm talking to unbelievers. It's more emotional and and more cultural. You know, about abortion, homosexuality, gender stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so. Not even necessarily traditional apologetics. Now we're leaning towards cultural apologetics. Super mm-hmm. long-winded answer. You're really that's, simple. That's great, John. Man, that is so helpful to me because you know I was kind of under the impression that apologetics was helpful for the believer to kind of affirm what they already knew type of idea. But uh, that's you've given you've given me a, a new insight into the yeah. use of apologetics for the non-Christian, basically, and for inviting them into an understanding of reality. So. The, 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 the Christian message, nowhere in the Christian message are we told to just learn and sit, mm. right? Hey, just go gain knowledge, mm. just more knowledge, more knowledge. No, 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 no. It's the opposite of that. We don't want to become puffed up. We want to gain the knowledge, but it's with a purpose. And that purpose is never just to sit and soak. It's to go out. Right? And that's, that's actually the, the purpose of like, even the gathering. You know, we join together to, to encourage one another, to, to do church business, sure. But it's to get training. Mm. So your church on Sunday morning should be training you not to encourage one another, but to go out and raise your family Christianly, to to talk to your neighbor about who Jesus is, you know, to talk to your office mates or whoever. We're never that that's like inherent in the Christian in the worldview, as far right. as I'm concerned. Right. It's outward focused. So let's say I have a neighbor that I, I'm fairly close to. I've done stuff with him, played golf, whatever, and just spiritual stuff never seems to come up. You know, just yeah. you want to talk about it, but you don't know how to get into it. Any yeah, thoughts sure. about how to how to be aware of where they're coming from or how to bring up spiritual issues? Oh man, David, this is such a good question. I am um, so I'm an evangelist pastor at heart. Like this is I love it. I pastor a small little church as well as work at STR. Um, pastor for free because it's my passion and I'm evangelistic, meaning I'm outward focused. I love seeing people come to Jesus. And so this is how I live my life. And this is a great question. And my, the majority of my family, for example, are non-believers. I'm in Boston right now, actually in an office building uh, that, that my brother works at. He has like a little company and, and he's, uh, he's letting me use a conference room, you know, and how do I get engage him? He's an atheist. How do I engage him? Uh, the first is I, I use questions, a lot of questions. When he says something, I want to know what he means. So I'll use, uh, this is from Tactics, Greg Kokel's book called Tactics. It's called the Columbo Tactic. I'll use a variation of the question, what do you mean by that? So when my brother says, or anybody says this, uh, anybody says, uh, um, you know, you, you do you. Or I, I don't I don't believe in truth. How about that? Yeah. I don't believe in truth. Okay, uh, Bob, what do you what do you what do you mean by truth? Like what what do you think truth is? And then they'll try to answer it, and oftentimes they don't have an answer because they never thought about it. And then I'll follow up with another question. You know, well, how have you come to conclude the conclude like, come to the conclusions that you've come to? And again, oftentimes even there, more so, you'll get the sounds of silence response. You know, they're. Because we don't think, oftentimes we don't think these things through. And Christians are guilty of this, by the way, as much as non-Christians too. Oftentimes we don't have good reasons for the uh, beliefs that we hold. 
but I'll ask a lot of questions. I, I never feel pressure to, I think oftentimes one of the reasons why it's, it's difficult for say, say you're out golfing with your buddy and you never get into a spiritual conversation, which sometimes we feel like we have to force it. And then it's awkward and weird. I just wait for it to pop up and listen to what people are saying. You know, and, and uh, conversations are centered around morality pop up, especially with an election coming up. I love election season, not because I like politics, but because I just like the, to talk about my worldview. So, oh, that guy or this guy is such an awful person. Oh, that's interesting. Why? Why, oh. why do you say he's an awful person? And you could say that about any candidate, right? I mean, I'm not even talking about why do you say this? Why do you think that this policy or that policy is bad? When you say bad, what do you mean by bad? Like, is it bad for you and me? And that's why we shouldn't vote a certain way? Or is it just bad for you? You know, is there a real bad out there? Meaning, is there a, a bad that is actual objective bad? So I'll just ask questions. And notice when I'm doing that, I'm actually not defending anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All I'm doing is asking questions and their opinion. And when you ask questions, notice what happens is, is as you practice it, walls come down. Because all you're doing is asking somebody's thoughts on something. It's not a debate. It's not an argument. Nobody's getting upset. If they do get upset, just stop asking questions. Yeah, yeah. And 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 back off a little bit, uh, you know. And I don't feel that burden to over spiritualize stuff. I don't feel that burden. I certainly don't feel that burden to save anybody because I can't save anything. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I let God do the saving. I let God worry about what God is in charge of, and then I just worry about what I'm in charge of. And that's to be an ambassador, right? To to be a representative of Jesus here and now, right? I'm in a foreign land and I'm a representative of, of the king of my land, right? And, and so I'm going to represent him as best as I can as an ambassador. I'm going to trust that he does the work. My goal is, and this is probably something you've heard, my goal is to put a stone in somebody's shoe. Hmm. And when I say that, what I mean is I'm all I'm trying to do is get people to think maybe in a different way about something. Like a stone in your shoe is an annoyance. Like it's something that you feel, but it doesn't kill you. It's something that you that that, that annoys you. Kind of got to get it out. Well, I want my ideas or my questions to serve as some a stone in somebody's mind, something that they walk away limping a little bit in a good way. You know, thinking about it, something to chew on, something that they're like, "Oh, wait a second, I've never thought of that." And I do it mostly through questions and just relating, paying attention like so so when my family my, my 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 family are mostly relativists because that's what atheism and naturalism gets you right so they're mostly relativists so when they claim something like uh, my brother's my, my older brother um who i respect a lot he's a really good man like a really good man we just have differing worldviews he, he'll uh he's a vegan a vegan atheist he's a vegan atheist so he believes that and he's and he's a vegan on moral grounds so when he talks to me about uh, veganism, I press into him about the morality of it. Now, I don't agree. I eat bacon. I love bacon. I eat meat. But he's claiming that there's a morality uh, mm. there. And so I ask him, well, is that just your opinion? Or do you really think something is wrong? If you really think something is wrong with this, where does that wrong come from? Where's that standard? And so I pay attention to how people talk. I pay attention to how they live. And, and ask questions, trying to hold them consistently to their worldview. So my brother will adamant, he, he'll, he, he's, he'll admit that, oh, uh, all morals are, are relative, they're cultural, right? So when I come up and I, and I bump up in a conversation where it seems like he's making a, a, an objective moral claim, meaning it's more than just what our culture believes, 
I'll ask him about it. And, and just in a fun way, you know, not, it's not always debates. It's not always arguing. I try not to ever get anybody mad, which I can't always avoid, but you know, I, I do my best. <laughs> but, but don't you want to close that deal? You want to give them the four spiritual laws and, and you yeah. know, make them sign on the dotted line. I mean, how, what's the deal on that? Yeah. yeah I'll haven't, tell you what you failed if you don't do that. <laughs> Man, if you shoulder that burden, my heart breaks for you because that is, it's an impossible burden. It's an impossible freight to tow. Uh, like I said, at the onset, you know, I don't resurrect anything. God does. So I'm going to trust God. I trust God. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing way better than I do. But I also trust God that he puts me in situations to rep him. You know, I'm his ambassador. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a representative. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do the best that I can with that. And, and I mess up all the time. But when you put that weight on you, like the force, if when I was a naturalist, David, like if, if we met for coffee and you tried to go through the four spiritual laws with me, I would have, I would have been a jerk. I know like, I just would have, that's the kind of type yeah. of, and, and people tried this with me. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't, I didn't know any Christians. I hung out with Christians. I would, if I found out you were a Christian, I'd be like, Hey, let's go to coffee. Let's talk because I thought you were stupid. <laughs> Ultimately, at least in a worldview sense, I thought like you just did not understand the world. Hmm. And if you tried to start sharing uh, these, like the, the spiritual laws, if you just tried to go, go down Romans road with me, I would have said to you, I said, you're avoiding my questions. You're not offering any, you're, all you're doing is repeating what your Bible says. Why should I even trust that antiquated book? And oh yeah, by the way, if you're going to believe that there's some horrible things in there. So your God is a, you know, your, your cosmic child abuse of God also murdered you know millions of people and he does the things that the same things that you say we should do he did all throughout history so get out of my face with your spiritual laws that's just how i would have been yeah sure and and actually what's interesting is of all the time that as as a naturalist i talked with christians i'm trying to think off the top of my mind right now i i can't i can't remember one instance where the person tried to give anything close to what we would call an apologetic. Hmm. And I can't think of any instance where somebody even actually just tried to share the gospel with me. They tried to quote scripture a lot, or they, I mean, I had people tell me I was a sinner, yeah, which is true. I mean, I'm, I, you know, which is true. And, and what they said was true to me. It just didn't land in a way. If they had stopped, I cooled their jets a little bit. And, I, and I'm like kind of, I'm an uppity person. So I, I was definitely adding fuel to their fire. <laughs> but if they were able to slow down, maybe ask some questions about actually what I believe instead of just assuming, and instead of trying to convert me, just view me as a human being who is in desperate need for a savior. I, I need to be rescued. Hmm. But if they would view me as that and ask questions and try to point out like kind of lo- uh, like just just inconsistencies in my life, I think it would have gone quicker, not better, right. because I'm I'm a Christian now, so I'm happy. Sure. Truly listening, asking good questions, you know, putting a stone in someone's shoe. These are all great ideas, aren't they, when it comes to sharing our faith with someone we care about. We must never look at someone as simply a project, but rather as a fellow human being created in the image of God who needs a Savior, just like we do. Next time, John helps us understand what questions people are grappling with today and how we can use apologetics as we minister to them in an authentic and caring way. Join us then on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast 
are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.